they get out of the car and they walk into a uh, into the woods. The two of them. And gosh, Rich, they're in the woods. I, I can't see them. I don't know what the hell they're doing. And um, so I pull up there and I have a night vision camera and I slip through the woods and trying to be as quiet as I can and all of a sudden I hear noise so I bring up my camera and I have night vision on and I realize they're 15 feet from me in the process of (laughs) making love Welcome to our podcast, Making a Way, a podcast created to inform and inspire our listeners about topics that may be of interest to you if you're going through a court case. I'm Sandra Guzman-Salvato. I'm an attorney and mediator in Maryland. I practice law and focus on cases involving divorce, custody, and child support. Today, we will be focusing and discussing an issue that's of interest to many people, uh, private investigations. So we have various people here. Of course, we have Monica Moreira, and we have our favorite guest slash co-host, Jessica Zarella. Good morning, everyone. And Richard Fallon. Good morning. So I'd like to, uh, for those People that have not listened to other episodes have Jessica briefly tell us a little bit about herself. Uh, Yes. Hi. Good morning, everybody. My name is Jessica Zarella, um, and I am a family law and criminal defense practitioner here in Montgomery County and surrounding jurisdictions. I spent almost 11 years with the state's attorney's office in Montgomery County before opening uh, my own law firm. Um, I serve as a mediator and a best interest attorney as well. I handle all matters of custody, child support and divorce and also misdemeanor and uh, felony criminal defense. Thank you for that. And also, Richard, can you please tell us a little bit about what you do and how long you've done that? Okay. I'm a licensed private investigator in Maryland. I'm a retired uh, Montgomery County homicide detective. I retired back in 95, 2095. And uh, what we, I've been doing this since uh, 1995 as a private investigator along with uh, some other work, but uh, just I specialize in all sorts of investigations and also uh, specialize in as much as I can with domestic and custody and uh, uh, custody investigations and sometimes the uh, uh, watching over people as they uh, are picking up and dropping off children uh, to make sure that everything goes smoothly. Okay. All right. So then... Um <coughs> Some of the things that um, I think that our listeners may be curious about is what kinds of things are you asked to do, let's say, in a divorce case? It seems like most of the time people, uh, I would say 90 percent of the time, want to know if their spouse is cheating on them. uh, quite often, they already know or suspect that uh, the the husband or wife is uh, involved in an adulterous relationship, or they uh, realize that hey, you know, my husband or wife is uh, spending an awful lot of time away from home, unaccounted uh, times, and uh, things have changed. Uh, the person's not being affectionate, this and that, and then they want to know. What's happening? Are they seeing someone else? Uh, quite often, they ask this because they'll have children, uh, and they don't 
most of the time, they don't want to just jump ahead and say, I want a divorce. Uh, they want to know, is there something going on? Is there someone else? And can I justify leaving this person and breaking up my family? And how am I going to justify this to my children unless I have proof? Uh, and quite often also, they want to be able to justify it with their family and the family of the spouse to be able to, so they're not accused of running off and breaking up the family unjustifiably. So they usually turn to me and want to know what's happening. Um, I would say that most of the time when women suspect their husbands are running around, uh, I would say about 90% of the time they're correct. Uh, the husbands <laughs> sometimes are not correct. Uh, they'll think they're spouses running around and I find that sometimes just the women will stay at work late don't want to come home because it's an unhappy relationship or because they're just just don't want to get in an argument at home don't want to uh, have a fight so they just stay at work late uh, and I find that you know it, it often is is the case That's really um, interesting that men although I think that we hear sometimes that just as many women are cheating on their husbands it sounds more to me maybe more women seek you out to find out if their husbands are cheating they I would say that it's about 50 50 I mean I as far as the women cheating on men uh, quite often it's the women aren't out just running willy-nilly with, you know, anybody on the street like sometimes men do. Uh, usually the women have fallen in love or in little more than infatuated with somebody, and they were then committing adultery. Mm, okay. Um, so then um, let's let's focus on the men, right, that are cheating. Um, what kinds of behaviors should women look out for um, if they suspect that their man is cheating on them or husband is cheating on them? I would say that it, it's not 100 percent because uh, I, I've sometimes had uh, uh, men that uh, will be cheating on their spouse and they come home and are uh, overly affectionate with their wives at a feeling of guilt and want to cover mm. the tracks. So, you know, but there's usually a change in the, the relationship. Either the husband is not showing any affection to the spouse and is, you know, that it's just they're constantly gone. They make excuses to leave. On Saturdays, they have to go to the store and they leave and they're gone for four hours. And we find this quite often. It just uh, if the men aren't working, they don't want to be at home. And so they come up with a reason they have to leave. They've got to go to Home Depot. They've got to go uh, meet with a friend, this sort of thing. And uh, I would say that if if your husband is working late every night, and all of a sudden this happens. It's like he's usually home at 6 o'clock, sits down, has uh, dinner with the family, and all of a sudden over two or three-month period, you realize that he's not getting home till 10 o'clock at night, and it's because his boss is requiring him to work more, and he's working on Saturdays, but he tends not to take his work truck. He's taking his other truck, but he makes an excuse about it. Um, and then you might want to 
look into whether or not he, what he's up to. Okay. And, uh, so not everyone can afford, obviously, your services, but a lot of people generally want to know how much does it cost? Well, <clears throat> they it runs probably anywhere from, uh, for surveillance, 75 to $150 an hour. Um, on my end, I'm, I'm on the low side. I do the 75, uh, mainly because... I find I've been doing it so long and I'm older. Mm -hmm. People can't afford uh, Mm -hmm. to have it done. Uh, You know, I try to keep the prices down on my end, and I think some of the other investigators do also, that when you have somebody who really says, look, you know, I've got this problem. I've got four kids. He's running around on me he's not providing money for uh to support my kids anymore you know he's just he's spending money willy-nilly somewhere else doing something else all right richard so (laughs) for those people that um can't afford to hire you what are your prices like okay mine uh 75 dollars an hour and then what i use now understand it's not 75 dollars for every hour that I'm working the case. You usually, you know, uh, you would burn up the people's money. And my the way I look at it is that, you know, it's usually about $1,500 is what I require for a uh, retainer. And I rarely ever go over it. Sometimes the people get money back because we get the results quicker than, uh, uh, than you would expect. But um, usually I try to get it done within the $1,500. Okay, that sounds really reasonable. It's actually less than most attorneys charge. So, um, but then again, there are some people that still cannot afford $1,500 or 75 an hour, and they try to do it themselves. Do you find that a lot? Yes, I, I find it a lot. I find a lot of times that people will... Uh, call and ask me about how much it is, tell me what their problem is, and then not move forward. And about four months later, they call and say, I've been trying to do it myself. My husband realizes I'm following him or my friend's following him, and now he's not doing anything, and it ends up messing it up. Now, what I also... I like, Rich, how you went to the women. Like, that's totally the women. (laughs) It is. That are going to go and and follow their husbands. And so I was like, "Mm -mm, I don't need $75 an hour. I can do this for free. And um, do they, they put themselves in a worse position, right? Because now husband knows what's going on and he's cleaned up his act and now maybe it makes it harder for you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's looking around and Mm -hmm. he's, you know, keeping an eye out for, for her friends that are going to do it. They also realize that, you know, the women can go rent a a car. That's a good one. I'd get Sandy. I'd be like, Sandy. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of friends go out and and do the work for them. And then, which if they get photographs and stuff, it's probably fine. It's Mm -hmm. just the idea that they end up getting caught because they, uh, either they get caught or the person following gets scared because, if you go out and follow somebody, the biggest problem is as you're following them, it, within the first mile or two and a few turns, you get scared. Shit, they know that I'm following them. They know I see him. He's looking in his rearview mirror. He knows I'm here, and then they cut it off. All right, Rich, so and, tell us what to do. Teach me how to follow someone. Okay, well, you want to get maybe one car between you and the car I like that you're it. following. Mm-hmm. Okay. Problem is, now you have to keep an eye on lights. Now, if you're in a rural area, it's not too bad. Uh, if you're in 
a town, if you're in Hyattsville, uh, something like that, it's a little hard with the lights because you have to, if he, that person makes it through the light and you're behind, you're going to lose him. So if you have an idea where he's going, it's great. But if you don't, it's, it's a problem. So, so we, we need like a team. Like Sandy and I mm-hmm. are going to follow Monica's husband. Right. And so I'm going to switch off with Sandy, right? right. Like yep. Sandy's going to get him and then I'm going to get him mm-hmm. and then well, we're going to. what I would do, and you can do, there's a program on your phone where you can use it like a walkie-talkie. Where yes, you can talk to three or four about, people. <laughs> and what you want to do is have at least three of you. Okay. Three of us. This is and great then, advice. And then what you try to do is if he is going, let's say the husband is traveling down. I like that we're using the husband's perfect because he's, he's traveling down cheating. the main yeah. road. You have, if, if it's two lanes or so, get one person ahead of him. Okay. And you keep in the communications. The one person in front says, oh, shoot, I went through a light. And you say, well, just slow down a little bit. We'll catch up to you probably. And then if you say, okay, he made a left, then the person way out in front, you got to talk to him say, okay, you got to swing back. And then between the three of you ought to be able to work it out on the police department. Understand when they do surveillances, they'll use around six people. Mm -hmm. And I never thought of they, oh, they have them everywhere so that they really try to reduce the probability of losing them. It's not, you know, you see in the movies one car following the others. Well, that's, you know, we do that on occasion, but it is not successful mm. most of the time. All right, so we need six willing friends. Six, yes. Yes. Six. Get six of your friends Perfect. and you'll, you'll nail it. It's a great so. Saturday. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's, a great, that's a great way to spend a weekend. Yeah. So what are some other tactics other than following that you also um, do and maybe have suggestions for some listeners? Okay. Many people want to uh, put a recorder in their spouse's mm-hmm. car. Good one. Now, in Maryland, that's not allowed. Or, uh, you know, it's against the law, but number one and number two is you can't use it in court. So I always recommend against that. Uh, many of them will still want to do it, and sometimes it works, and you are the attorneys, so you can say yeah or nay on that, but... Sometimes you will pick up intelligence, such as them talking to the girlfriend and say, look, I'll see you Friday night at such and such. <laughs> then they call, they'll call me and say, hey, you know, he's meeting them Friday night at this bar or at this restaurant. They're going out. And so that's helpful. But as I always tell people, I, and I don't recommend they do that because it is a violation mm-hmm. of the law. So, but a lot of times people want to put They'll and sometimes this would usually, I don't know, male or female, but a lot of times they want to put cameras in their own house and to catch their spouse cheating. Mm-hmm. And I usually don't recommend that because number one, uh, no judge is going to want to see photographs from a bedroom or something going on. And in fact, they would not allow that. Uh, if you want to see if somebody's coming there, you put the the camera in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. and they're going to come in the kitchen, have a drink of water. They're going to talk. They're going to do whatever, have a drink. And then maybe they'll mosey off to the bedroom. So the camera in the kitchen is going to put them there. And you may even get a, a sign of a show of affection, a kiss, a hug, that kind of thing. That That's fine. Uh, there again, if we use that, we have to eliminate all sound. 
because uh, you can't have the sound. You can only have video in Maryland. Mm-hmm. So good tips. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it. And as your divorce attorney, <laughs> why you are you using if my? If you are in fact already there, where you are thinking about installing a camera in your own home to catch your cheating spouse, just call Sandy or I because it's already over. And there's no need to actually do something that ridiculous. Stop it. It's already over. Oh, my gosh. So that's that's a really good tip that you just gave. So the recording um, and the following. Any, how about the trackers? Okay. Um, I believe in using trackers. Uh, the technology is wonderful now. Um, but to... Be to go along with the law, you need to either be a, a co-owner of the vehicle or you need to own the vehicle. So if your husband is driving um, his own truck that he bought before you got married, some attorneys will say, well, that's spousal property. It's probably not going to be a problem. But in most cases, we try to have the vehicle. If it belongs to you and your husband together or to you, we can put a tracker on the vehicle. Then what we usually do is sit back and watch the tracker and pick up the routine, see what the routine is, and then do surveillance, which really reduces the cost. Um, Ten years ago, if you said, look, we want to do surveillance, usually it goes out on a Friday night. He gets home at 5 in the evening. So we'd set up surveillance with two or three guys and watch the house until he leaves. He may not leave till 9. Now, we've been sitting there since 5, and now that's all these hours burning up money. But mm-hmm. so now with the tracker, we sit there and wait. And all you have to have is one guy, and he's not even sitting down. He's, I can be at home working and have my thing alert me that, okay, he's left home. Then we see where he's going. Then you shoot down there and, and photograph his vehicle wherever it is. It may be at a bar, maybe at a restaurant, maybe at a person's home. So let's you know. say, Jessica, since you were um, a prosecutor, so do you ever see um, the state prosecute people for putting trackers in a car that does not belong to them or they have no ownership rights to? So that that Supreme Court case came out, and I know you know it, Rich. It's the one that deals with police right. cannot trespass without a warrant onto someone's property to put a tracker on it. So that was relatively kind of a new area of evolving law. Uh, when I was with the state's attorney's office. So I never saw a prosecution related to that. I think where you're going to more often see it is that coupled with other creepy stuff may go the protective order route for stalking or harassment. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the issue is, right? Putting a a, a tracker on your uh, spouse's truck or car alone, probably not enough to be stalking or harassment. But that plus domestic violence, physical violence, um, breaking into the computer, breaking into the phone, taking a phone and texting People you think the spouse is cheating on them with, leave my boyfriend alone, leave my girlfriend alone, that type of stuff. I think the culmination of that and where I have seen it now in my practice is protective orders. People just are very creeped out by it. They're very sketched out by it. The fact that you're someone knew where you were. And it's men doing it to women. That's the experience Mm -hmm. that I've had. A, A woman sees this thing on her car and then coupled with what was 
domestic violence or harassment or things like that, then goes and files for a protective <clears throat> order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Now, go ahead. Let me just bring up one point here. Uh, if you are cheating and you find a tracker on your car, be smart about it. Don't say a word. Put it on someone else's car. What, no, oh, my no. God, that Here's is funny. What, what do, do they look like? Okay, well, they're, they wait, vary. Wait, I want to hear what to do. I got to make sure. Okay. Tell me what to do. If you're cheating and you find a tracker on your car, okay. Rich, tell me what to do. And quite <laughs> often, it's the women who call me and say, I found a tracker on my car. Right. And I'll say, okay, you know, just... Here's what I want you to do. And it, they'll tell me, hey, look, I'm my husband cheating on me, and I'm, I'm going out with friends and stuff. But I, I don't want him to know where I am. But he's got a tracker on my car. I say, okay, don't say a word to anybody. And I said, when you're ready to go out, take the, pull the tracker off. Now, you can put it, keep it in your car. He won't know the difference. And just because he doesn't check it maybe once every three weeks, pull it off, leave it in your in the driveway, okay, or Leave it there so he thinks your vehicle is there. Oh, right. And when you come home, put it back on the car. So when you leave to go shopping or do whatever mm-hmm. or go to work, he sees it moving and he doesn't think anything of it. So he's thinking you're going to go out Friday night, but a damn tracker staying there. So it's what a good is, way to mess with a person. So. Where on the car generally do people put those? Generally, like? uh, if it's done by a private investigator, it's on the back of the car, usually on the frame or in the bumper, and it's in the rear because it gets a better signal that way. Mm. Uh, citizens tend to want to put them inside the car, mm-hmm. which cuts down on its ability to determine where it is and pick up a GPS signal. But... That's fine, but me as a private investigator, I can't change it out when it mm-hmm. needs to be changed. So I, we put them underneath. Okay. So then to your question, Monica, was what, what do they look like? How big are they? I've never seen one, actually. Well, okay. They vary. Uh, the ones I use are very small. They're about four inches long, maybe uh, two and a half inches wide, and it has a magnet on it. And they're usually wrapped. Mine are or black, okay, and they have a magnet they go up underneath and they're uh, if it's a Mercedes or BMW we don't use a, a, a magnet, we use a, a clip so it's clipped onto the plastic and so it's it's very it's hard to see So, um, but they're small, most of them that I use are that then we go to the ones that'll last for two months and they tend to be Oh, they can be, you know, like six inches by six inches by four inches. They're, they're big because they have a big battery. So, you know, they they go from very small to big. And also they are the new ones that are coming out. They don't work as well, but uh, the federal government has them and they use them all the time uh, for drug uh, uh drug cases and for if they're following a suspect uh, that they think might be a terrorist they will they have a that's a tracker a size, i want yeah the one the federal uh, government uses to track they're terrorists. very good yeah they're very expensive <laughs> and they're not available to us yet but i see them they're making them now that can be used but they're the size of a quarter wow oh. And it's you're sticking on the car. Coming to a divorce case near you yeah. mm-hmm. soon. It has a it's size of a quarter. It's uh, when it's on, it's magnetic. Stick it onto the frame of the car. When the battery dies, it drops off. Wow. So, and in other words, they don't have to go back and pull it off. And because you know they don't want 
the pit person know they're being followed and it's so small you wouldn't notice it mm-hmm. and uh but they a person that works with the uh the federal government told me about them and then i've noticed you know they're starting to come out with them but they're not really a good gps set up now but because they're so expensive so where so. do they sell them online or anywhere yeah, you can if you go online put in gps trackers mm-hmm. um, okay you can buy them uh anywhere from 75 dollars to uh, you know the price goes up but uh mm-hmm. you know just even a 75 dollar one is good they'll run you they'll if you charge it up it'll last usually a week and then you have to so you're going to need two of them so you can pull it off put a new one on and uh so but usually you know and they work they work fine you can uh find out where they are right on your phone or on your laptop on your computer and they all most of these nowadays do you know they'll keep the history for several months you can go back and watch where they've been and just find out oh every thursday he goes to this address and then you you know check that out which do people ever hire you to track their kids like teenage yes. kids tell us yes. a little bit about that okay and usually if the kid has uh, the child has a car and uh, they'll want me to put a tracker on it and just they'll monitor where it is i'll just and for something like that it's usually i charge 150 Usually it's 150 a week. Depends on which one I put on there. What I basically I'm charging them is $75 to go put it on, $75 to pull it off because you just you know it's just covering my time. Right. And I, they stick the tracker on, and then they can go on their computer and say, okay, you know, little Johnny said he's going to Billy's house or he's going to the high school to practice basketball, and they look, and he's not. At high school, he's you know he's down the road at some. I love some this. Party. Mm-hmm. I love this so, so much more than tracking my spouse. A hundred percent me. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I have a little secret of oh, one week on, one week off. Hey, Rich, check where my kid is. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and quite often, parents will do that. And uh, I haven't had it that much lately. I think because I keep telling them, hey, you can buy your own and put it on there. Mm-hmm. You know, just you don't need to pay me to do it. So, and, so. Uh, when you actually physically go somewhere to take pictures, I suppose, or videos, like, have you ever had an experience where someone saw you or, like, tried to do something because they yes. knew what you were doing? And w- can you tell us about the experience that comes to mind? Well, there's <laughs> several of them, but one in particular was uh, this young lady. Uh, they, her husband has... Her husband's an attorney, and uh, but for the federal government, or no, he works at a bigger firm down at D.C., and uh, uh, he suspected his spouse was running around. This has been 10 years ago, and uh, uh, he said, look, I don't know whether she is. I just, you know, something's strange. So I put a tracker on her car, and she goes to a hotel uh, down at Bethesda. And I get there, and I go inside. We can't figure out where the hell she is. And later that night, we're sitting up on the car. And like four hours later, she comes back. Some guy drops her off. She gets in her car, and they leave. So next week, I'm looking for the car that she's with. or We know that she's going there. So we get there. We watch her get in the car. We follow him. 
They go to a restaurant, they eat, they're sitting there holding hands, this and that, that's fine. They come back and I have an investigator sitting there waiting for them to come back, get kisses goodbye. Well, they get out of the car, it's a beautiful summer evening and they get out of the car and they walk into a uh, into the woods, the two of them. And the guy says, Rich, they're in the woods. I, I can't see them. I don't know what the hell they're doing. And um, so I pull up there, and I have a night vision camera, <laughs> and I slip through the woods and trying to be as quiet as I can, and all of a sudden I hear noise. So I bring up my camera, and I have night vision on it, and I realize they're 15 feet from me in the process <laughs> of making love, standing up. And <laughs> so I turned on the camera. In the woods. So she had a hotel room, but they decided to go. No, they, well, they were they parked at the hotel. Oh. They just parked there because they figured. You Didn't know, you hear him? It was a yeah. beautiful summer night. <laughs> so oh, that is crazy. I'm taking film and just, you know, and I'm for like five minutes. I'm, you know, and they're going to town and. Finally, just you know how you know somebody's watching, and the guy turns around and looks at me oh and my says, God. "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm filming you." <laughs> oh man! So he, I start walking out, and uh, he comes running out, runs up to me, and says, "Give me that camera." And I said, "You know, you don't know who you're dealing with. Don't do that." I suggest you go home to your wife, send her home to her husband. And uh, because I and he said, "Who hired you?" I said, "Your wife did," which was a lie. <laughs> so oh was my like, god! So all hell broke loose after that. But uh, yeah, he. Uh, Do you give him I, the tape? Oh heck no! Oh. No, that, that wouldn't happen. No, no, he. I'd I'd live in his house if he had assaulted me, so that wouldn't have been a problem. So. Oh my gosh. But Wait, no. so what happened? Satisfied <laughs> oh. customers all around, right? Everybody was An happy. epically yeah. wonderful divorce. Mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. No, they got back together. Oh, oh good for them. Good for them. I bet, them. I bet yeah. they're still together. Yeah, do you no, check up on them? Oh, yeah, imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. About five yeah. years later, he uh, said, I think she's up to it again. And Oh, my God. Yeah. She's I love that story. That's crazy. It's a good story. I Maybe if she had had sex with her husband in the woods more often. Yeah. There you go. There you been go. Together. It could have worked yeah. out. It's a beautiful summer mm-hmm. evening. Yeah. So now, Monica, I know that um, you've had some questions yes. that you're dying to ask. So go ahead. All right. So we have some of our listeners who wanted to ask some yes. questions um, under no obligation. Yeah. You know, if it's going to compromise you or your job, don't yeah. answer. So how do you usually get information? Do you utilize an internal database as part of an association or you just use like what's out in the public? No, no, I use a database. Uh, It's one that's only used by the police and private investigators. And uh, a database gives me almost anything you want. I mean, now, you know, personal stuff. Now, it'll give me uh, email addresses, phone numbers, all of that. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't tell me who they're seeing, nothing mm. like that. And it doesn't give me emails. They give me the email address, but I, I don't get any emails, nothing like that. I just, it helps us track down who, who the people are and such. Okay. All right. The second question is, top things do you request to start off a case? So if somebody comes to you and they want to start off a case, what will be the requirements? Okay. Um... I need photographs of the spouse, 
and I need their address. I need the uh, where the person works, what they drive, and uh, if they know who or suspect who the person's seeing, I'd like that information because it helps narrow it down. Uh, and the retainer, which is usually a fifteen hundred dollar retainer, and then we ready to rock and roll. So perfect. <clears throat> All right. So the third question will be: How do you not get caught? And well, you just basically share, but do you ever utilize or do you ever go in a disguise? Um, That's a good question. Yeah, it. I hate to say it. I'm. It, it's. I'm easily recognized because you know, bald and they got a little bit of a beard. Say so you see me once, that's okay. You see me twice, the third time, they know. Why is this guy <laughs> in the same place I am? So I have to be very careful with that. I'll put on a hat. I do have a wig and that uh, I can put on, it, and I have a marijuana thing on the hat with the wig. And it, <laughs> it, 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 too rich. <laughs> with dreadlocks hanging out oh. But it, yeah, it, well, and it's with attached hair. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it has the attached hair and it's yeah. gray. Is so it, it works dreadlocks? So. Just for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's now, I have been caught putting a tracker on a car. Uh, now, see, I put trackers on the car uh, most of the time between like two in the morning and four in the morning and at the person's house uh, because you can't do it during the day even during the day and they say well nobody's home but a neighbor's going to see yeah. neighbor's going to say wow what's that guy doing fooling with the car and at work could be the same problem unless maybe they're parked in a garage and you can get away with it but um, I had one where I uh, the lady told me she said my husband gets up around four in the morning and uh, he leaves the house by five, so I got there at two. And it was on a side road, very quiet, so I parked about a half mile down the road, and I walk up there, and his vehicle's sitting in the driveway. So I slip under the car with my phone looking for where I want to put my tracker, and all of a sudden, I hear this wooden screen door go, and I said, oh, shoot. And so oh my gosh. then I hear somebody say, the hell are you doing? And I pulled myself out from under the car, and I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm riding down the road, and it's, I hit this little kitten. And I said, the cat ran under your car. I parked right down there, and I said, Good I came back. I'm looking for the kitten. Well, for the next 45 minutes, we're looking for this. The guy was very helpful. We went everywhere <laughs> looking for this wow. stupid kitten. And, uh, Did that the client get charged for those 45 minutes, Rich? No, but she called me and said, what the <laughs> hell happened out there? <laughs> So, oh, that's a great one. Oh my gosh! But you have to have you have to have a story because if you get caught, because it, it's you can get caught. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so the last question will be: What a daily routine for a private investigator? Oh my! Um, usually, ninety percent of the work is at night. To if you're following somebody, because that's when, in some cases, people do you know have a job that they're off during the day and they'll be off doing stuff and during the day. Usually, that's the females will be doing that. Uh, but usually, you have night work and stuff. Uh, but in my case, 
you know, most of us serve, we do process service, we do, uh, we track people down, and so it's a lot of computer work, this and that, and then just for me personally, I, I work for the medical examiner's office, so I go to death scenes, so, you know, which... Uh, I go there and, and assist the police in, in photographing crime scenes and this and that, so, which is nice for me because I get to know all the police officers in Montgomery County and know all the detectives. So if I'm doing a surveillance and a neighbor calls in that this this is strange old man here, you know, I think he's up to something bad, the police will pull up, recognize me immediately and just... You know, they'll say, okay, and they'll tell the people, oh, he's fine. And they won't tell them who I am or what I'm doing. But And I don't sit in front of people's houses that I'm watching. Usually you're down the road, and I'll have a hidden camera watching the house, and I'll be up the road where I can respond, and just it's a wireless camera, and I can watch them come out, get in the car, and then I know it's time to go. Because if you sit close, you know, not like in the movies where the guy's sitting right across the street and they come out and never even see this guy sitting in the in the uh, the uh, Chevy Caprice, you know, that's sitting there. It looks like a police car. <laughs> no, it's, you know, you have to be very careful. And, and So if you want to be a private investigator, do you need to be a police officer or can you just go to school for criminal No, justice? you don't have to go to school. Oh. Um Okay, now to get your agency license, which is what I have, you have to have at least five years of police experience or investigative experience. Um, And so I get my license, then I can license anybody under me. But what I would do is they would come in if they want to work, I get them licensed, and they just have to have a clear criminal history. And then, you know, you train them uh, to you know, do the work and and they are licensed. And then now in Virginia, it's different um, because in Virginia, you have to go to school. I see you doing that. They totally. make every investigator go to, a, it's like a six month, every evening or three times a week type of thing where you go mm-hmm. and get trained. Uh, but in Maryland, you don't have to do that. I, I have two investigators that have a license. They're both part-time and uh, they... You know, they have being trained as they work. And, you know, you, you have to have somebody that's willing to spend the time and the effort. And uh, it, it's, it sounds like a lot of fun, but when you're sitting watching somebody for four hours straight and, you know, you get bored, you get tired, and, you know, it, it's hard to do it. I've had, and this is sad, but I needed to figure out who was driving a car and weren't sure if... The suspect, or it was a case where uh, it was a custody case, but we needed to figure out what car this man was driving, and they they didn't have a tag number. He just said it was a gray Toyota, and I go to I know where he works, and in that parking lot were two or three gray Toyotas. So you sit there and watch people leave, and I couldn't find the first day. So then I went and sat right beside a gray Toyota that I wanted to eliminate it. Either it's going to be him because I know what he looks like, but I don't know what he drives. And I'm sitting there working on my computer, and I'm parked right beside him. And I'm typing away and typing away, and it should be about time he should be leaving. I look, and the car is gone. 
I was paying so much attention mm-hmm. to my typing that somebody came, got in the car, and drove off, and I never even noticed them. And you just, it's so frustrating. You just say, you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing. You can't look at your Facebook. can't do anything mm-hmm. but watch. Yeah. You can't get, if your eyes get off of what you're doing and you're not concentrating, They'll come out and get in their car to leave, and you won't even know it. Won't see them. Need to be focused. So it can get very boring out there. Yeah. It's not like you sit there and play games. You can't. So So what about those people that have the other woman or man in another state? Do you have connections in other places around the country? Yeah, they we the private investigator. All of us have, you know, we have people that we can contact in different areas that uh, will work cases. I do. I get contacted often where... uh, Somebody is going to be traveling to New Jersey, let's say, and and they're going to leave down here at a certain time, and they'll want a tracker on them. And I'll go down and put a tracker on them, and I follow them up. It may be into Pennsylvania, and then I drop off, and then they'll take over watching the tracker. Has um, anyone ever asked you to do something or things that you have declined to do? Yes. Oh, yeah. What are those? Well, I, <laughs> we know he will tape people having sex in the woods. Yeah. That's, right. a go. That's, That's no problem there. <laughs> well, I had a a very very wealthy uh, man that owns uh, uh, ships, and uh, this has been a number of years back. And somebody raped his uh, his fourteen year old daughter. Oh wow! And they knew who it was, and police couldn't find him. And because and there were warrants for him, police couldn't find him, and they knew she, the girl was pregnant. And you know, she just the, the the man was from the Middle East, and he was not a happy person. And uh, he hired me to locate him. He said, "I want twenty four hours a day on this. I don't care what it costs. Find him. The police can't. It's been a month. The police don't know where he is. Can't find him." I said, "Well, I can do what I can." He said. So he hands me a pile of money and says, go go find him. So I'm getting ready to walk out the door, and he said, how much more would it cost for you to kill him? Oh, my and gosh. Because he was mad, and I said, look, I said. 25 I can't, extra dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I said, look, I do, just can't do that. Don't worry. We'll find him. When You know, these kind of cases, he'll go to jail. So, and, you know, there won't be a problem. So, because Montgomery County is very tough on uh, mm-hmm. somebody having, you know, like a 25-year-old having sex with a 14-year-old. We get that a lot in our line of work, too, Sandy and me. Yeah. People come in and they're like, oh, $300 an hour, 2000 down. And they're like, how much for you to just kill them? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, I've never been at We'll have to right. talk Shoot. about it. <laughs> 25 extra dollars. Oh, now I see where the bag comes from. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's usually it's, you know, I, I'll get people that want me to plant drugs in a car, that kind of thing. Really? So even in a divorce Oh, my case, gosh. They, they, in custody. They want oh, drugs did they, did they already have the drugs for you to plant? Oh, of course. Oh, oh okay. It wasn't like, here's an extra 25 <laughs> Go for, buy the for drug. a dime bag, go buy it, <laughs> and then go plant it. It was yeah. not none of that. Okay. <laughs> I've not heard the term in so long. Yeah, that. Uh, so no, we have loser. I don't think it's a $25 bag anymore. <laughs> we don't need the good stuff. We don't need the good stuff. We right. just need it to test positive, Rich. Right. So, they already had the drugs. Yeah. That's great. Well, they That's had great. the drugs. Mm-hmm. Everybody, yeah. 
But no, I and of course I, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. So just because I would feel I would feel bad. Number one, mm-hmm. and uh, just because, and it's I, illegal. Number two, yeah, number but two number is, one just, is I would just feel bad. <laughs> just having possession of it, it, you know, I'd get caught taking it there. So that wouldn't be good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Do you guys have any other questions? No. Um, so I just go ahead. So even though Rich has given us a phenomenal number of DIY tips, including planting drugs or killing your spouse, <laughs> thank you, Rich. We never <laughs> recommend that you do it yourself. We Absolutely recommend not. that you hire Rich. So, Rich, can you tell us, please? Can you give us your contact information for Fallon Investigative Services in case anyone wants to reach out? They know how yes. to get you. You'll do it right. Yes. And my phone number is 240 372 3247. And if you hire either one of the attorneys, they uh, they already have my information. And uh, it's uh, my email address is detectivefallon at gmail.com. And uh, I got that back many, many years ago when I thought that'd be really cool, but there's a lot of people don't know how to spell detective. It doesn't come out right, so I should have had an easier one to use. And then I have uh, my webpage is uh, it's uh, detectivefallon.com I had to thank my daughter made the page, so it's detectivefallon.com. I never go on it too often, or not often. She maintains it. Perfect. Um, And so I know that some people may get in trouble for doing these things on their own. So, Jessica, I know that you also do criminal defense. So what's your number? Um, So you can call me anytime if you do decide to plant drugs on your spouse or kill them and get caught. I am happy to help. Uh, 240-780-8745, jayzfirm.com, the law offices of Jessica Zarella. uh, And I'm always available to give you whatever advice you need. Okay. And then I'm here if you're thinking about filing for divorce or you think your spouse is cheating, uh, you can give us a call. Actually, Jessica and I both do divorce and custody cases. So my number is 301-340-1911. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you found this episode informative, interesting, funny. um, And please look at all the other episodes and see if something interests you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rich. Thank you.